This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, today we've got a terrific, thought-provoking episode with Brad Jones. He's the uh, VP of Development for West Group. Yeah, so most of you are going to know West Group, but most people in Vancouver do. They're a, a massive developer. But why we want to have Brad Jones on is because he is intimately involved with River District, which is that master plan community in Southeast uh, southeast Vancouver. Right. And, you know, really it goes back to our episode late last year with Gordon Price, where Gordon was pointing out that Southeast Vancouver is ripe for, for the politics of, of Southeast Vancouver, make it ripe for increased density. And we started thinking more about River District and and how interesting uh, a project and how massive a project it is. Uh, so we want to have him come on and talk about basically this 40-year master plan community, probably one of the last in, in Vancouver. Yeah, it's, it, it is interesting. And, and the 40-year development process is, is, I think, what I find most compelling about it because, you know, all the challenges that you experience and then all, all the changes that happen culturally in a city like Vancouver, where, you know, the desires of, of home buyers and people that wanted to live and operate in the community have changed dramatically in the last 20 years. And, and presumably they'll change again dramatically in the next 20 before, years. Before it's completed. Well, yeah. that's it. And the demands of the city, of course. Right. And I mean, Olympic Village, this was a, a very uh, small time frame when it kind of felt sterile. But right. that's another thing, right? How is West Group approaching 
uh, a master plan community to to kind of populate it and have this organic kind of community growth. Sure. And, and he talks about that, and it's it's really interesting stuff. It is very interesting, and it, there's also um, a lot of information for buyers in a community like River District. Like, how is buying in a master plan community different from buying on a one-off project? And then also interesting components about commercial real estate and what that means for our for that master plan community and then for the market more generally. But before we get to that, Matt, you are looking a little bit like you got stung by a bee everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, all over your you're body. All over your body. You're, you're <laughs> swole. You're swole, but not not from a ripped perspective. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, so you probably mentioned this because we were out at UBC last week. We did that talk uh, for the UBC housing student uh, group, which yes. was fantastic. It was a really fun night. And, Smart kids. Uh, and and also uh, makes you made you want to have a time machine go back and and wish that you paid a little bit more attention in w- school. Wish and, that you were part of the student housing group. Probably. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't remember having real estate uh, groups at the uh, school that I we don't went remember to. being a part of any group. Actually. I also don't remember going to university. <laughs> <laughs> quite frankly, I know I did. But, but one, uh, of, one of the things that was brought up right when we got there was, oh, we're curious to see which one of you is uh, is plumper due to this weight loss challenge we've been talking about on the yeah. show, which I'd entirely forgotten about. <laughs> right, right, yeah, and and uh, yeah, and they, I think they debated back and forth, and uh, it was it was close. But I think based on our, we still have two weeks. We do have two weeks. Yep. But uh, last time I weighed in at 178 pounds, I just weighed myself at the at the gym this morning, and I'm uh, weighing in at 100. 82 pounds now. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> I'm up three pounds as well. And uh, yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, I, I we had a, we had some people over on the weekend. Yeah, you I guys was over were at here. your place on Saturday. Um, I have been living like a, my wife is pregnant and uh, I've been living very much like a pregnant woman. She's, one, she's very tired and two, she gets a lot of cravings. And so I've just been participating in all of this. I'm sleeping more. Um, the other day I ate like six donuts uh, for no reason. Well, here's um, the thing. I, I show up at your house with a couple guys. I've right. never actually experienced this before. Everybody walks in. It's 8 o'clock. Like, hey, yeah, all right, let's get started. You had a dozen Tim Hortons donuts. And not the Tim Bits. Like <laughs> no, the full... Full donuts. I was thinking yeah. nacho chips. You're, you're, you got... Donuts. Got donuts, yeah. Uh, and then you were asleep within an hour. Like, I was. I we fell had asleep. a full night at your house, and I you were asleep in a chair yeah. the entire night. I was like, it was like weekend at Bernie's. I was, uh, I was literally in the chair. Everyone was partying around me. I had a a, a hard donut coma going, uh, <laughs> a doma, sad, yeah. and uh, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was really bad. But uh, I appreciate you guys all all coming out. Yeah. And one Hell of the of things that came out of that night before I fell asleep was uh, Abducted in Plain Sight, the new uh, documentary on Netflix. Yeah, I brought it up to you. And, and and Abducted in Plain Sight is something that I actually saw on Netflix and avoided because I thought this is going to be horrific. And it is horrific. It's Don't get actually, me wrong. It's brutal. But it's not your run-of-the-mill, uh, you know, kid gets abducted in plain sight. Yeah. Uh, it's more this the intricacies of this insane story. And the negligence. The negligence, the surprises, the twists and turns. Uh, it is... It is like nothing I've ever heard before. Yeah, no, it's a it's a disturbing documentary, but one that uh, you worth, have to you have to check out. It, it's check it's out. worth watching for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, but what else? We got anything else? I, we're up to two hundred and ten reviews, which is f- fantastic. We really appreciate everybody reaching out and also uh, writing reviews. It, it helps us grow. And anything that you can do to share our podcast and also uh, leaving us a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to it. 
It's hugely appreciated. Absolutely. But maybe, Adam, we should just cut to our talk with Brad Jones, VPO Development from Westroom. For sure. Enjoy, guys. Okay, so we're here with Brad Jones, VP of Development for West Group. How are you doing, Brad? How are you doing, guys? Good, good. Good, good. Thanks for taking the time today, Brad. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Brad, um, can you start by maybe telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure, yeah. So, um, like like you said, I'm the VP of Development at, at West Group, uh, and, and one of the parts of my role is I, I look after uh, River District Forests. Um, and uh, my background's in actually in urban planning, which is what attracted me uh, to River District. And I've I've worked in in development for for most of my career. Um, I've been in Vancouver working for uh, for West Group and another developer for the past nine years. So that's interesting that your your background's in urban planning because obviously you guys are building a master plan community. So the, the planning component must. Uh, play a significant role. Um, were you working with any city municipalities before, before working with river district or have you always been kind of more on the, on the developer side? I've always been attracted to the develop, to the development side. So that's been, uh, been my career focus from, from finishing up planning school. And, and Brad, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, the developer West group that's involved in, in this massive community, uh, plan? Yeah, West Group's a local uh, family-owned business that's been operating in in real estate and, and development for the past fifty years. Um, and every part of real estate, really, we you know we have large uh, industrial and commercial and retail holdings. Uh, in addition to having a history as as you know a large home builder um, and really a specialist in master plans over the years, which is what what led us to River District. Just out of curiosity, Brad, what what kind of how did you get your start in urban planning, and and why are you interested in real estate in general? Um, great question. Um, you know, I've always had a really I've, I've always had a strong interest in in you know generally geography and cities and urban form. Um, so when uh, you know I remember in in high school, sort of discovering the concept of urban planning through through a friend of my dad's who worked at the city. Um, I was really interested in it. Um, I grew up in Ontario. I went to planning school at Ryerson, which is a really strong planning school. And, and my thinking there was, you know, what better place to go to planning school than than in a city of Toronto and, and right downtown? It was it was really a great place to to go learn to be, you know, a, a capital U urban planner right in the middle of the city. And and did did some of the planning that was going on in Vancouver like is that what drew you out west? Um. In some ways, yes. In some ways, sort of, you know, young and let's 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 try something out and see how it goes. And and uh, you know, that was nine years ago, and now we have you know house and two kids, and and uh, and here we are. <laughs> so 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 one thing that's really interesting about uh, River District, Brad, it, from my perspective, is it's it's one of the only master planned communities taking place within. Vancouver proper right now. I mean, there's there was Olympic Village, which is basically built out, and then and then there's River District. What what do you like about a master planned community? Because often, you know, you think of a community kind of just organically, uh, you know, growing by itself and and taking on a character. But this is something definitely different than that. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's a it's a totally different scale of project, and it I think it suits you know West Group's mentality really well because we 
consider ourselves multi-sport real estate athletes in that we, you know, we, we believe that we're strong in land development as well as, uh, you know, commercial development in addition to residential development. So it allows us to wear all of the hats at the same time and take a really broad focus on the community and think about, you know, everything you really need to, to live in your neighborhood. And it, and it allows us to be really creative, um, in, in what we offer, how we position our projects in relation to how we position the community. So it really allows us um, to create from scratch, um, you know, what we think is a really ultimate community vision. Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity, and I was just thinking because of the, the Matt's question about about the, the challenges with building a master plan community, one of the critiques we hear about, say, Olympic Village is that often when a, when a a master plan community exists, it kind of doesn't have the same soul that organic communities, uh, or you almost have to, it almost has to be people then grow into it. Right? It has to grow into its own. Is that something that you guys consider when you're kind of mapping out the, the urban design? It certainly is. Yeah. And you, you kind of have to think about it on a number of levels, uh, from, from how you bring phases forward and what phase to bring forward. And, um, you know, I'd mentioned previously around the first phase generally doesn't have very many amenities, which at River District, we sort of went backwards and we actually delivered an amenity first in that we, we created roamers and we created um, the River District Center, which is, a, you know, privately run uh, community center that we operate uh, daily programming at. So that was important to us out of the outset. And then you know, one thing we're very deliberate about is trying not to make the place feel like it was it was all designed and built at the same time. So we're really deliberate in our design decisions and choosing different architects and trying to make sure we have different, you know, complementary styles. But, you, you know, if you travel around and look at some of these, you know, quickly built master plan communities where there's maybe 10 or 12 buildings and they're built for, you know, an Olympics or a Pan Am Games. And, and they, you know, they all use the same kind of brick or they all use the same kind of this or that for um, economies of scale. We, we've tried not to do that um, and work with, you know, different architects in town and make sure that every site uh, on its own and every building on its own is its own piece of the community and it's fitting into the puzzle. So, I mean, just for listeners, you guys started this process back in the early 2000s, right? And and the completion of, of the master plan communities in somewhere in the 2030s. So this is like a, a 30, 40 year project it's just massive in scope do you look at other it sounds like you're looking at uh, other sort of smaller master plan communities as examples of what you're not interested in doing are there examples you're looking at uh really successful master plan communities that you kind of want to emulate certainly there are i mean in the early days the company invested a lot in looking at you know urban master plan communities uh and understanding them and worked with you know, a number of consultants internationally and out of the U.S. really investing in the research component of, of what works and what doesn't work. And generally, you know, you, you you don't find one that's just, you know, aha. It's it's pieces that, like, that's a great idea. That's, you know, that's a great idea to open up an amenity in the first phase, even though, you know, it's not financially the best decision. Um, you, you're kind of trying to build the best pieces of everything, and we've been really open-minded and, and tried to be innovative in our thinking. Like in the last couple of years, we we engaged um, we engaged Gail out of Copenhagen, who are you know urbanist specialists, um, 
you know, they're sort of known as the bike lane gurus out of Copenhagen, but they do really creative uh, urban spaces, public spaces, plazas. Um, and we, we did a, a significant scope of, of consulting with them on some design thinking um, that, that uh, you know, over the course of, of, of the scale of this community, you know, urban design preferences changes, architectural styles change. So there's no one sort of planned answer to the whole community. We've got to be able to to adapt and update ourselves to new thinking, which is what we've been trying to do as well. Well, I, I was actually just thinking, like, do you have any kind of core goals for the community? But I imagine that these these are things that kind of change over time as as technology advances, but also as what how people live and what they what they especially because want, it, right? Yeah, people and the way people live seems to be changing quite. Well, quickly, quickly right now, especially in Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, we, we really focus on on the big overarching goals and then how you get there certainly has to adapt to the, the kind of era that you're working in. So, um, you know, from a master plan point of view, it's really important and, and it's all baked into the official plan. And that's all very deliberate that it's, uh, you know, it's basically a self-sufficient community. You have a variety of housing types. 20% of the master plan uh, is to be affordable housing that, uh, that the city takes on. Um, there's 25 acres of park and open space. There's artificial turf play fields. There's child care centers. There's a large community center planned. Uh, there's two schools, an elementary and a high school site. And then on the, on the market development side, um, you know, we've been doing a mix of, of rental and ownership down there and, and a variety of unit sizes that, really appeal to anybody we you know we i would say we've probably delivered more family focused units than anybody in, in vancouver in the last few years um so so we really need to be broad and adaptive in our approach to this community to make sure that it can stand the test of time and that each phase can can deliver the right thing at the right time and, and what are some of the unique challenges of of going the route of building a master plan community as opposed to you know a one-off development site uh Many. Um, the scale of this thing, the scale of this thing is enormous. Um, you know, we, I'd say at the River District, one of the more unique challenges is is we build all the roads, we build all of the infrastructure. Um, you know, we're we're working along the Fraser River, which is an active shoreline, and there's you know shoreline park work that's happening. Like we we touch um, every piece of the eventual community from you know, picking the right street light poles with the city to working with the provincial government on, on, you know, shoreline revetment, um, to flood proofing, to all of these various things that we go through in a community. Um, it's, it's really every part of it. I think the unique piece to, uh, you know, the Vancouver master plan communities is, is the amount of roads we're actually delivering. It's a, it's a very large site. Um, and, and the city of Vancouver doesn't build a ton of new roads. So that's an interesting process, uh, to go through with them where, you know, they, they have their way of doing it. Uh, it's very different than, than, you know, the traditional sort of Valley cities where they're, they're expanding their land base quite significantly and bringing entire new neighborhoods onto right. development. Um, Vancouver isn't used to doing that. So it's a, it's a unique process. Um, and, and one that, you know, frankly, they deserve to be complimented for too. Um, it's really cool that, um, you know, the lead planner on River District basically started her career on on the master plan in 2003. She was uh, she was one of the younger team members on the file and has kind of grown through through her career to be uh, to be the senior planner on it, which is really neat. And we work with the same staff team over a number of years. So, you you, you know, we're all learning through this together and, and having to adapt because 
the other thing too is you know the city's preferences change you know they weren't thinking about as many bike lanes in 2003 as they want to have now and that's that's just a reality of how we live today and how people get around so we've uh we've had to be very collaborative in in making this successful because what you put on put on paper in 2003 isn't necessarily um what's going to work today so you know we have to kind of operate on the ink is cheap mentality and, and try to just dig in and figure things out together. Can you talk a little bit about kind of the origins of, of Southeast Vancouver and, and River District, just more so from the perspective of the relationship of the city and then also West Group and, and how it all kind of began? Yeah, so seated my time at West Group, but um, the city started looking closely at what they call the VFK, the Victoria Fraser View Killarney neighborhood in the late 90s. And this was around the time where, you know, the mill that was acquired by Weyerhaeuser was starting to shut down. So it was known that this site was was going to be repurposed. So as part of that larger planning program, they started, uh, you know, thinking about that southeast corner of of the city from, uh, you know, Everett Crowley Park down um, and uh, and really engaged in, in a pretty long term planning program, I think. The VFK work, like I said, started in the late 90s, and, and our official plan was adopted in 2006. So there was, you know, seven, eight, nine years of of thinking done and work with the community done. Um, and even actually broader than that, you know, the West Fraserlands community on the west side of Kerr Street, which is the, the River District boundary, um, you know, it was it was its own small master plan previous to, to River District's existence as well. So the planning thinking of, of Southeast Vancouver has been, has been, you know, recent in the history of the city, but it's actually been quite long. Right. And actually, you know, we had Gordon Price on not all that long ago, and he was talking about Southeast Vancouver, and this might be outside the scope of, of River District specifically, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts as as an area in which density is possible in Vancouver. You know, the West Side, everyone's talking about uh, densifying the West Side, and, and that's politically a lot more challenging But than, than a place like Southeast Vancouver. I'm just wondering about your thoughts on that. You know, the plan, the River District plan in 2003 was a very progressive plan. If you think about, you know, the growth that the city's seen since that time, uh, you know, the planning work starting in 2003. So um, I think there, is, there certainly is a different attitude around around growth and, and planning forms and density um, in, the, in the southeast part of the city. I mean, River District... Um, Specifically, you know, the western side of the site that that I'll I'll say sort of has neighbors is neighbors with West Fraserlands. It was always intended to be very complementary to the densities in that community. So you'll see our lower rise forms there. There's some townhomes form townhouse forms in that part of the community, and it grows up in the central part of the community where where the the main retail street is and the town square is to the higher tower. So um, you know, we look at the site and think that there there's continues to be potential to to look at it and and we are looking at it with the city with some planning work that we've had ongoing uh because the last component of the neighborhood called area three the zoning's not in place for so we've been we've been working for the last year or so uh with the community and with the city to update our thinking on that because it doesn't really especially that part of the site doesn't really have many neighbors um you know to the north of us is is champlain heights but it's elevated uh, up the hill quite a bit and then to the east of us is, um, you know, major employment center in Burnaby, the Glenline Business Park. So um, I think that Southeast Vancouver certainly holds a lot of potential for that growth. 
So, so this is kind of changing directions a little bit, but um, there seems like there's a lot of potential in Southeast Vancouver and, you know, we're in 2019. It, it, West Group is a family run development company. They clearly saw that almost 20 years ago. Um, that there was a there was a huge amount of potential. I'm just curious because you've been there. You know, uh, I know you said w- this project uh, and it's a massive project is kind of your baby now. But really interested in these these companies where there's guys with such scope and vision for the future. Like, are there people at West Group that are just inspiring in their in kind of the the way that they approach the world? Certainly, um, I think you know we we. I think it's a huge benefit working here that we have a really long view of real estate and we have patient capital and we're very thoughtful about how we move forward with things. Um, and, and, you know, it's really the, the ownership that, that, um, you know, saw that, you know, understanding the company's skill set in, in sort of every part of real estate, but also, you know, having a history of, of master plans that were done um, that included residential and, and commercial space and knowing that you know the, the the traditional single family master plan was was coming to an end in the in the in the future at that time and you know called the early 2000s um you can see the end date on sort of single family growth in the lower mainland because we're just out of that land right uh, wanted to take that skill set and apply it to an urban one so so it's funny to even to even think about this concept now but it's you know we've been really good at 100 acre sites let's go find one in Vancouver and you'd get laughed at right now um, because that doesn't exist, but uh, but it did at that time, and it took you know incredible vision to 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 find a 130 acre parcel that was formerly um, you know a mill on the Fraser River in in southeast Vancouver, and and think about you know a, per, a fifteen thousand person community with uh, schools and daycares and shops and and a variety of housing. Um, it's a really long view. I mean, to even think about this project, you know, going through the 2030 decade is is a very long view of real estate, and it's been going since the early 2000s. It's it's an incredible uh, vision to to think through something like this. Brad, maybe um, just running with that idea of kind of the the long term view of of West Group, um, we're, we talk a lot about what's going on in in the current market. What are your thoughts on maybe the current market and then kind of uh, within that context of kind of the, the, the longer, long-term market in, in Vancouver in general? So, you know, the, the market today is, um, it's a challenging place to operate, but, but I still believe that the fundamentals are there because we've seen, we've seen it in a few cases where, you know, you really price to sell, I'll call it. Um, there's buyers there for that. So, I think there's a big sentiment around the marketplace now, and, and there always is. Like nobody wants to get burned and be, you know, the the greater fool of a real estate purchase. So there's a lot of waiting to see what's happening with the market and and is this the right time? But I think that, you know, we've seen it demonstrated that the right offering at the right time at the right price. Um, there's still a lot of buyers there for that. So if you're delivering value and it's in a good neighborhood and it's in a good community, you know, we're still seeing people be busy, which is a great sign. And, and what that tells me is that, um, you know, there's a there's a massive sentimental impact on purchasing decisions as, as to whether it's the right time or is, is there a better deal tomorrow. And the other thing that that, you know, gives me a ton of comfort in our marketplace, and especially the way we do business in, in every part of real estate in the lower mainland is, is the commercial market actually couldn't be stronger. Um, you know, the industrial market is, you, you know, you just can't have enough building space to, to, to fill 
the amount of tenant demand that there is out there. So, you know, what that tells you is, is the economy strong. It's continuing to growing. Those fundamentals are still there. So it's an interesting part of the business where, you know, the residential for sale side gets all the media, but our biggest problem on the commercial side is having enough space to offer to the marketplace. And what do you think about the long-term outlook of, of real estate in Vancouver? I mean, I think, like I said, the fundamentals are still there. People are still moving here. Um, our economy continues to grow and people need a place to live. Families are still being formed. So I think that those fundamentals are still there and, and, and the mountains aren't going anywhere and the ocean aren't, isn't going anywhere. <laughs> neither is the U.S. border. So, you know, the the region's been planned very deliberately and, and it's led to a scarcity of land for a variety of reasons, be it, you know, natural or or uh, planning decisions like the ALR or industrial land banks or things like that. So, um, you know, we we believe that that the long term uh, is is very viable. You know, it's interesting just listening to your answer uh, there, Brad. That two weeks ago we had Corey Wright, who owns William Wright Commercial, on, and and it's interesting to get a commercial broker's perspective because he he basically said the same thing as you. Is you look at that what's going on downtown, but also just more generally in Metro Vancouver, and he's like. You know, uh, the he's he's really bullish uh, based on what he's seeing in the commercial market. Yeah, absolutely, and that extends you know all the way through the valley out to Abbotsford and beyond. That that demand for you know well located commercial space, you know, be it be it office or be it industrial on you know major transportation corridors to get goods you know to wherever they need to go to the port or wherever else to the border um that demand is is as strong as it as it probably could be and then even on the the residential rental sector you know we're we're uh leasing a building in new west right now at our brewery district site and um you know that's been a, a really successful pre-leasing campaign we pre-leased one at, at river district uh in in 2018, that was the 269 unit rental building is one of the larger you know rental campaigns around and and you know like I said, there's still lots of people moving here. There's still lots of families being formed. So that that demand for housing and commercial space across the the spectrum is is really strong. Um, and we're just seeing a you know a point in time right now for a number of reasons, uh, including you know demand side measures that I think are leading to that hesitation from buyers that that are just pausing a part of the the residential market right now so brad maybe switching gears just a little bit here do you see any distinct advantages of a buyer buying in a phased out project like river district i do i think that um you know you're getting in early and you're understanding what the growth is going to be so um you know you understand what's coming to your community and you generally understand when it's coming so you you know you you understand the entire master plan for how your community is going to grow it's very clear to you you know that you know there's a daycare center coming and hey you know save on foods is opening at river district in a couple months and there's a cool new restaurant coming you you see uh, the changes that are going to happen in your community because it's it's right there in front of you, and I think uh, you know the advantage of of a group like us in a master plan is that we we own uh, and operate the not you know own and lease the commercial spaces, so it's as important to us as it is to you that you know there's a really good grocery store and they have the right offering for the neighborhood and and the restaurant's going to be busy you know every night of the week, so we're we're as invested as you, and I think you know. 
our our next building is only going to be successful if if we do the right things in the current one. So we have to have a, a very uh, deliberate approach to how we make decisions and our customer care and all of those things are part of, uh, you know, the real brand of the community and the brand of the company. I, I kind of want to just flesh that out a bit because it's it's such an important point that you guys still retain the commercial space in the community. So it, you've got a vested interest in making sure that it continues to be vibrant. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Absolutely, and and we spend you know a lot of time talking to you know pe- you know purchasers and people that we know that live in the area, um, and talking to our sales teams who are the ones that are interacting with our customers on a daily basis around you know what what do people want for retail like what do they want to see and it's not just to us it's not just filling the space it's filling the space with the right thing that contributes to the overall community so we've been very very deliberate in our decisions around which retailers to choose and in which buildings and where and when to make sure that, uh, you know, not only is a strong population that continues to grow in the community through sales or through rental contributing to the retail, but the retail is attracting them there and making them stay there too. And I should say, like I've spent a lot of time in in the river district area and it's buzzing down there right now. Um, Like we were just talking about before we, before we got on the, on the, on the call, we're just talking about roamers is generally packed, especially during lunch hour and, and in the evenings. Um, we've got everything. Wine uh, is is you know the Costco of liquor stores, but they also have a lot of high end uh, booze for sale and and you know Starbucks. I mean, you've basically got everything covered down there. You don't you don't have to leave River District if you don't want to. Yeah, and that's and that's been the goal. Um, you know, there's there's employment space, there's office space in the plan. Uh, you know, and our goal is to make sure that that all of the retail and sort of service needs that you have in your daily life. Are, are part of that. And, and I think that's only going to expand uh, when Save-On opens, opens in the spring. Uh, and then, you know, the restaurants start opening through the summer. It's just going to continue to grow. And, and it's, you know, it amazes me constantly how busy Romer's is. I mean, we, you know, we, we own the building and lease it to them and sometimes we can't get in. Yeah. <laughs> you should have had a VIP clause. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Big mistake. Just maybe as a as a final thought here, Brad, uh it strikes me that you know, you're you're involved every day hands-on in a massive project that's quite unique in Vancouver. Uh unique in the sense that you're you're building out one of the the last areas in Vancouver with the city. Um and and you're building it over basically the length of your career in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's so much. Presumably, there's so much learning every day. Um, you know, you're you're tackling new new problems, problems you didn't see. But and it would is going to be undoubtedly very satisfying at the end when you're completed. But there's nowhere to take this in from all the knowledge gained and do a next project. Am I am Langley, I wrong about Langley. that? Well, maybe, but, <laughs> but I mean, this is the last of the big the big projects for Vancouver. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, well, unless single family, I guess. Yeah, I, mean, I guess if you were doing certain areas, maybe perhaps. But you oh, what are your yeah, thoughts I mean, on think, that, Brad? Yeah, I mean, it's that's that's what I came to West Group for is really for the opportunity to work on something something like River District, and and, and you know, not only is it is it rare in Vancouver and in the lower mainland? It's rare. It's rare in our country. Um, you just generally don't see, uh, you know, one group operate on the scale that we're operating there where, where we're also doing every part of it. You know, we're, we're doing it from, uh, you know, working on the initial planning to building the roads, to putting in the utilities, to, um, 
you know, leasing up the retail space and selling the homes and renting the homes, uh, you know, we, we get to, and I get to touch every part of, of this whole community, which is such an attraction. And that's part of the built-in challenge. And like you mentioned, I mean, it is, a it is a monster of a community to manage and it's, you know, it's its own little operating city down there, uh, that's being built out. So the challenges are, are, are unending every day. Uh, but it's the most interesting thing I could possibly wake up and do. No, no kidding. I mean, it's, and I mean, this that I'm the, qualified for it, <laughs> <laughs> but in the, in the best sense of the, the word, it's kind of like, uh, it makes me think of Robert Moses or something like that. Like you're kind of, your vantage point is so unique, uh, from, from I won't your... give myself that much credit, but yeah, it is. It's it's a very unique. Uh, it's a really unique place to work, and you get to kind of test yourself in, you know, you know, done buildings in in various municipalities and for various companies. But you really get to put all the pieces together in in this and have such a such a, a breadth of experience on this project that's that's so neat to have. And you you know you learn so much from uh, you know interacting with basically every level of government that we have available to us in this country uh, in various capacities from, you know, port authorities to, you know, navigational channel in the river to, um, you know, Department of Fisheries and Oceans to Flinro, who manages government lands along the foreshore to the city of Vancouver and and kind of everything in between. Um, So it is, uh, you know, it's sort of an undefined challenge for sure. Wow. Well, maybe we'll leave it there, Brad. And we know you have a, a meeting here in a few minutes, but we've got this segment called the Five Wire, Five Quick Questions About Vancouver. Can you stick around for that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Brad, first question, what's your favorite neighborhood in, in Vancouver? And Matt's not holding his breath here. I think we, we know the answer. <laughs> I, I'm going uh, to establish my bias and say the river district. <laughs> favorite bar or restaurant? I think I can answer this too. The Roamers? <laughs> No, no, yeah, no. I have no. to say the Roamers. If you haven't had, uh, if you haven't had the Burger Bowl down there, you've been missing out. You know, the one one little plug for the Burger Bowl. Eh? If you're uh, if you're keto or paleo, or if you're watching your weight, yeah, the Burger Bowl is uh, top notch. Yeah, exactly. You get all the sort of guilty pleasure of the burger without the buns. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we should be getting paid for this. Uh, what's uh, um, Westside Mansion down or downtown Penthouse? Uh, definitely downtown penthouse oh fantastic and where do you bring somebody i I know you're from ontario where do you bring somebody who's never been to vancouver first place uh so we live in north van uh in the lower lonsdale area so we generally bring them down uh to the to the to lonsdale key and and the new art gallery down there and the new uh the new plaza down there because my my daughter like stomping around in the water fountain down there with a great view of the city (laughs) good answer uh and final question what is the what is something that you've bought for under five hundred dollars in the last year or so that's had a major positive impact on your life? Uh, probably a golf club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which golf club? <laughs> uh, let's say the next one I'm buying. I'm getting a new uh, getting a new two iron, so I'm excited about what that may or may not do to my golf game. <laughs> Right on. Well, well, thanks so much, Brad, for your time. That is, uh, that was a fascinating conversation. Yeah, thanks very much. Okay, have a great day. (laughs) 
So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Brad Jones, VP of Development for West Group. Really enjoyed that conversation with Brad. And uh, Matt, what were some of the big takeaways for you? You know what? There's a lot to think about in that interview. Uh, the things that I'm really thinking about are Brad's in a really unique position right now. I right. mean, his talk about an interesting job. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, West Group is a family run development company. I just like to, to be a fly on the wall of the meetings where they're talking about projects of this size. It's sure. just the ambition is, is unbelievable. And, uh, the staying power, like who wants to be in that? Well, I, and I don't want to say who wants to be in that yeah. relationship with the city because, but it's, it's a complicated process and it doesn't go away anytime soon as well. well like it's, it's like it's, a it's relentless. Town. It's like a Yale town. It's always I, there. Yeah. And, like, but also their West group is taking on a part of the city and, and creating it out of nothing. Like it's, it's, it's hard to there's understate. so much legacy in that. Yeah. Right? Hard to understate the, the, the size and scope of this project. It's also hard to understate how vibrant that community already is for being, well, you, you know, were just like there. I haven't been out there in, in probably a couple months, but you I went to meet there? a good friend of mine for lunch there the other day who I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, shout out to John, but uh, we, uh, we had a bite to eat at Romer's and uh, it was like, it, well, it was a Friday afternoon, but uh, it was packed in there. Like yeah. it was like, it was like st- almost standing room only. We were able to get a, a small table on the, uh, on the deck, but like super nice deck overlooking the river. And uh, yeah, it was like a beautiful day. So anyways, it was, uh, I'll, I'll be back for sure. Yeah. Fantastic. What else do we got, Adam? We got the Vancouver real estate podcast.com. Yeah, Matt, if you head over to Vancouver real estate podcast.com, you can sign up. There's so many bells and whistles on that site and we're, so much information. Here's an example. The stats came out for February the other day. We're sending out our email today with not only the real estate board stats, but some stats that we actually subscribe to that really, you want to talk about layers of the onion, parse out different price points, sales ratios, different neighborhoods, really break it down. Just information like that all the time. Yeah, and it's always it's coming directly into your inbox. We also give you updates as when our show is produced and when it's out, when there's a new episode, so that you're never behind on this real estate market. We also got private client services. Matt, if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. It's basically realtor-level information at your fingertips. It's free at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We've tried every research tool out there. It is the best. Save your time. Save your money and sign up for PCS. Hey, there it is. I think we got a new tagline there. Save your time and save your money. Matt, it's what we do for people. <laughs> if you're interested in PCS, buying, selling, it works on both sides of that equation. Give me a call at 778-847-2854 or email me at matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. We also got that secret, Scalina line. Info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. He's been here way too long to not know how to turn on his mic. <laughs> sad, sad. Have a good week, guys. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. <laughs>
Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the and way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. 